God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. The Word of God says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. At this time, we'd like to go to God in prayer. And watch Josh lead us in word of prayer. Josh. Amen. You may be saved. God, strengthen me just one more time. Better than Gorilla Glue. Have you ever felt like in your life that your life's just broken? You ever felt like that? Do you feel like there's just things falling apart and you just don't know how to put them back together again? And you struggle with that and you wonder about that and, and there's something that you talk to yourself about every day. Maybe it's something you talk to God about every day. Maybe it's something that you talk to others about every day. But I believe we all have experienced times in our life where we just are confused a little, aren't we? We're confused about what our life is now, what our life is going to look like tomorrow and for the remainder of our lives. Praise be to God, we serve a God that knows about tomorrow and he knows about the rest of our lives. Amen? But we don't, do we? We don't know what that looks like. We don't know how that's going to uh, affect our lives and how that we are going to build from the place that we are right now. When I was a young boy, believe it or not, I loved beyond anything else, even more than eating, I loved playing basketball. And it didn't matter what was going on. If there was a ball and there was a goal, I was out playing, and I'd play all day long and all over. We had one big rule at our house. The big rule in our house was, Mama would say it over and over and over again. She'd say, Honey, don't you dribble that basketball inside of the house. You can dribble it wherever you want to, but don't you dribble that ball inside of the house. And, of course, being the good son and preacher's kid that I was, I would always look at Mom and say, What? I won't dribble the ball in the house. My mom, and she'd say, you promise? And I'd say, I promise. Because she said, you know, if you dribble that ball inside of this house, you're going to break something. You're going to be responsible. And I'd say, well, yes, mama. You know how we do it, right? After you've heard it so long. Yes, mama. You, I've got it. You've told me that over and over and over again. I've, I've got that. Well, I tried out for the middle school basketball team. And guess what I did? You ain't going to believe this. I made the team. And I was so excited. And I got home, nobody was home. It was just me and my basketball and the floor in the living room. Now, at our house, there was one thing. I, yes, a lot of you don't know. My, my dad was a United Methodist preacher for a long time. We moved all over the state of Kentucky. My dad didn't have the longevity that I have, you know, I've been here 18, 17, 18 years and been in other churches for long periods of times. I've stayed where I went for a long time. Dad would stay three or four years and we'd move. Sometimes it was a couple years. Move means that you would pack up all your belongings and you would move somewhere else, wherever that may be. 100 miles, 50 miles, 200 miles, whatever that may be. At our house... There was always one thing that was always in the same place. My mom had, you remember those big 
fancy lamps with the big globes on top. He had one up here, and then he had the little one down here at the bottom, and he had the little legs up front all the way around. It. Had that little three-way switch where you could turn it on at the top, and it came on, and the bottom, and then you could turn them on where they're all on. Well, that, we always had that at our house. And it always sat in the, in the front window of the house where you could see it out in the front yard. So it always sort of seemed like to me, no matter which house we were living in, I could always look in the front window, and guess what I would see? That lamp. Well, I walked into the living room that day with my basketball. I started dribbling that basketball. And for some reason, I still believe today that somebody put a magnet in my basketball and a magnet in that lamp because that basketball went straight out of my hand and hit exactly on that lamp. And you know what that lamp did? Fell straight to the floor, and it broke all over the place. And then all of a sudden, what do you think I started hearing? Honey, don't you be dribbling that basketball in the house. <laughs> Honey, you know you can't, you're going to break something. Now, there's one bad thing about being an only child. You all want to know what that is? There's nobody else to blame. So I decided with all my great wisdom and knowledge that I was going to glue the lamp back together again. Now, back then, you didn't have Gorilla Glue. I don't know. Maybe there was, but we couldn't afford it. You had that old white glue. I think we was talking, Kevin and I was talking, it was Elmer's glue or something like that, you know, that did, it wasn't clear. It wasn't any, any of those other things. So I got that out of the drawer, and I started putting it all over that lamp, put it all together. And we had the leaning tower of the Mills lamp. Let me tell you, it wouldn't, wouldn't set up. But I thought, well, Mama never noticed it. As soon as she came home, first thing she noticed was that leaning lamp of the Mills house sitting there. And she says, honey, what happened to my lamp? You brought my lamp. You was driven that ball in this house, weren't you? Well, there was nobody else to blame except Dad. He wasn't home yet. And I wasn't smart enough to realize when he got home that He'd straighten it out, and I'd be the one in trouble. Guess what I got to do all summer long? Mow yards to buy Mama a new lamp. Folks, sometimes our life's like that, isn't it? Out of nowhere, it just breaks apart. Samson had sort of this happen to him in his life, didn't he? How that Samson, God had blessed his mom and his dad had said that they were going to make sure that Samson did his very best to please God and do it God's way. And they had set some things aside that Samson couldn't do. Y'all, when you think about Samson, what's the first thing you think about? He couldn't cut his what? Couldn't cut his hair. There's other things that Samson couldn't do, but that's basically what we thought. And, you know, Samson... We're not going to go into that. You've heard plenty of sermons preached on that before, and I've preached on it before. But Samson broke his promise to what? To God. Broke his promise to God. Didn't do what he was supposed to do in the eyes of God. And after he broke that promise, his life just sort of, what? Started falling apart, didn't it? He didn't know what to do. It sort of started falling apart all around about him, even so much that he was thrown in the prison. He was made a mockery of. 
They were doing all kinds of things to Samson and so on and so forth. And Samson was at his lowest moment because his life had all of a sudden crumbled apart. And he said those words that I shared with him this morning. God strengthened me just one more. God strengthened me just once more. God, one time, give me the strength to be able to conquer the ones that are doing this to me. In our lives, I believe that sometimes we have to call upon God to help us to break, to bend our broken and fix our broken spots in our lives. Amen? We have to call upon God. Because I believe today that we have something better than Gorilla Glue to bring our life back together, don't we? We have a strength of what? And bonding power of God to be able to fix whatever's going on in our lives. We have to say to ourselves, Lord, I am, I am a mess. I've made mistakes. I've done things that I shouldn't have done. I've acted in ways that I should have acted. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. I've hurt people that I wish I had not hurt. And I feel broken and I've crumbled and I've not done things like I should, just like Samson. And just like Paul Mills with that broken lamp in the living room floor. What do I do now? My life is a shambles. How do I get this fixed? How do I turn to the person that is stronger and mighty than any Gorilla Glue or anything else that we could try to glue our life back together with? You might say, well, preacher... Gluing it back is not going to work, but a lot of folks use a lot of other things, don't they, to try to fix their lives. They turn to what? Drugs and alcohol and abusing others and doing all these other types of things, things that are not going to help you in your life. Preacher, how do I turn away from those broken pieces and how do I mend those and make those better in my life? First of all, I believe... We have to realize our mistakes, don't we? Are you all ready for this? I know this is going to come as a surprise to some of you. But none of you that I'm looking at this morning are perfect. You realize that? Not a single one of you. Even though other people may look at your life and say, boy, they're perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing. I had somebody the other day tell me, I... I, you were the last person that I would ever thought that would have got sick. And I was like, well, I wonder why that was. I look just so healthy all the time or whatever. But some people look at other people's lives and they think, they've got everything. Their life is perfect. We all make mistakes. Amen? We all fall short of the glory of God, don't we? We all do things in our life and break things in our life that we wish we had never done and we wish we'd never broken. We all do those type of things in our life. Over in James 3.1 it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we, we teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in what? Many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. We all stumble I like it when it says in ways. Ways means what? More than once. We all make mistakes. 
and we crumble our lives and we break apart our lives, we have to realize we make mistakes. I grew up pretty interesting. You all have heard me say this many times before, but my mom had eight brothers. That's a bunch of brothers, isn't it? There was four brothers in my mom and four brothers. And we would get together. And those four brothers and my mom decided to have grandkids. Get all of us together and a whole bunch of people around the table. One time we were eating. My uncle dropped a dish. And there was a word that came out of his mouth that we're not going to say at church. Amen? But you're already thinking about what it was, don't you? It just came out. He didn't act like it was no big deal. Now, my uncle was the one uncle that you didn't look at and go, what did you say? Because that uncle would be the one down there saying, you don't talk to me like that, boy. So everybody else just sort of let that slide. Well, a little later on, his son, who was sitting at the same table as what? His dad, who heard his dad say what? That word. His little son dropped a toy. And out of his little son's mouth, you want to know what said? Same word as his daddy just said that we ain't going to say at church. Amen? Well, everybody at the table and everybody else around went, oh! And my uncle jumped all over him. What are you, what are you saying that for? What made you say, why would you say, you know better than that? He looked at his daddy and he said, well, I was just repeating what you said a few minutes ago. Boy, that hurts, doesn't it? Do you realize there's little eyes watching you all the time? There's big eyes watching you all the time. When people figure out that you're a Christian, people feel like, figure out that you're trying your best to live for God, they're going to be looking at you and you're going to be that example you have to realize something. You sometimes, even though others think you are perfect, you're not. You have mistakes. You have to do your very best to change so that your mistakes doesn't be passed down to somebody else. That they don't see your mistakes in your life. They see you going to church. They see you praying. They see you reading your Bibles. They see you putting God first. You have to realize that in your life. Because we all make mistakes in many ways. Do you have anything broken in your life today? It's easy for us to, we can look at everybody else's broken pieces, can't we? So often we see people, other people hurt and we go, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry you're hurting. But boy, you're really, really sorry when it's you hurting, right? Any broken pieces in your, in your life today? Are the ones that you have to, sort of just passed by. Is there anything broken in your marriage today? Is there anything broken in your family today? Is there anything broken in your friendships today? You have to realize your mistakes. One of the things that we seem to do in society, and I don't know if you notice it as much as me, we, it's hard for us to take accountability for our own mistakes, isn't it? Because we do really, really good about blaming who? Somebody else. What's your mistakes today in your life, in your marriage, in your family, with your friendships? You have to realize you have those mistakes. 
And you had to do your very best to turn away for them. Next, over in Acts 8.22, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. Repent. Repentance. One of the things I think we have to realize is repenting is for Christians and also non-Christians. Amen? We have to have that repentance in our lives. Forgive you for such a thought in your heart. Do you have a place at your house that you don't like anybody to look? When Sheila and I first moved out to our little cabin, we were going to downsize. I don't know if she's going to agree with me. I think we upsized. So you go to McDonald's and there's small, medium, large, and you go, well, I really should get a small, but the large is only 50 cents more. And I think I'll get the large. We've, we've sort of expanded on stuff. Seems like we get rid of one thing and we add five things. So we, we now have some buildings that we don't want you to go in. Okay, because you can't, one thing is you can't walk in them no more. Second one is it may hurt you if you go in there, right? You might have a room like that at your house and you say, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to jam it in there. I'm going to put it in there, put it, you don't know what it is, but you're just going to keep putting it in there. But you hope nobody ever goes and see it. Why? Because you're just a little what? Embarrassed of that room embarrassed to that room you don't want anybody to see all that stuff we do that a lot in our lives don't we we have become really really good now maybe this is just for me and you won't agree but we've become really really good in hiding our sins aren't we we know how to do it we know how to sin and we know how to hide it now i've always believed your sins will find you out some people, it's within seconds after they sin. Other people, it's within a few days. Sometimes it's a few years. But your sins will find you out either here on that great judgment day, right? But what's in your life right now that you need to repent of? What's that thing that just bothers you, that eats at you? That you know you shouldn't have done, but you did it. And you know that you're holding on to it and you just can't turn it over to God let God feel well all those broken pieces in your life one of the things you have to realize about broken pieces have you ever broken a glass or or anything you know when I broke that lamp in the living room have you ever noticed that you still pick up little pieces later on maybe a few days after you'll be sweeping you go oh yeah that's that other piece there's still pieces of glass I broke things at the house. When I first came home from the hospital, my hands were shaking. She hit every glass thing in the house because everything in the house I'd pick up, I'd drop, and it'd go, go into a thousand people. Well, every time anybody came to our house, we'd all say, watch out for the glass on the floor. Paul broke another glass. Sometimes that's just the way we are as well, isn't it? Because sometimes that one little shiver of glass that you tried to hide, it can sure hurt somebody, can't it? That one little thing you're holding on to your life can really hurt somebody. You need to let go of those things in your life and turn them over to God and let God be in control. Moving along, we've got a meeting here. 
fix those broken things in your life, you've got to make the change. I believe God wants you to repent. Amen? But I, want you, I believe God wants you to realize I repented, so that doesn't mean I get to keep on doing it. Right? Did y'all get that part? I repented, but God doesn't expect you just to keep on doing it. Just think if your child did that. I'm sorry, Mama. I'm sorry, Mama, that I broke the lamp. Okay, honey. And then as soon as you repented, you went back in the living room and you broke a what? Another lamp. You'd be in big trouble, wouldn't you? We have to learn from our mistakes. We have to do as that says over in Ephesians 6, 6, obey them not only to win their favor when their eyes is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. We have to be willing to make that change in our lives and grow in the grace of God. And say, God, that I've broken my life. I don't want to break it again. I'm not going to allow that to come into my life and destroy my life again. I, I dealt with a lot of folks when I was working with social services for all those 28 years. And I'd see people come in that was on meth and other drugs and it was abusive to each other and abusive to their kids. And, and I saw all those things. And, and I would see these people come in and they would make such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful change. And they'd repent and they'd start going to these meetings and they'd start going to the therapy and they'd tell people how sorry they were for what they had done. And, and that would work. And I always called it the honeymoon stage. That's when they were doing their very best. But you know, I found out something about people. After a while, they just started regressing. They went back to their same old ways, doing the same old things. As Christians, we have to be willing to accept the change and do the change and do our very best to take those broken pieces and rejoice in God. Now, the last part is rejoice in the new, um, your new unbroken life. Over there, when I was reading in with Samson this morning. Samson called upon God, just give me strength one more time, God, to be able to defeat my nemesis and the ones that have put me into these shackles and this change. Give me one more time the strength to be able to do it. And praise be to God. Praise be to God. Samson was given that strength. I would have loved to have win. I broke that lamp of mama. I would have really loved just to pray to God and say, God, put this lamp back together. And all of a sudden, the lamp was back and it was right back up there and it was fixed. That would have been great. Wouldn't you like prayers like that? You just pray to God and boom. As we've talked about before, those microwave prayers, right? Those where they just pop up and they're answered and they happen and they're all over with. That's not the way God works. I believe sometimes that God wants us to work a little bit, doesn't he? But rejoice when great things happen in your life. Rejoice and thank God for your broken life that has been put back together again. What's so great about God is he can take your broken life and make it better than it ever was before. 
He can fix you and get you to a point where you are living where God wants you to be. So today, better than Gorilla Glue. I guarantee you there's nobody else preaching on that today in Monroe County. You do have something better than Gorilla Glue, don't you? You have God that can put your life back together again. Now here's the big question. Are you ready for it? You know, I believe, truly honestly believe that, I hope you'll agree with me, there's some people like misery, don't they? Some people like conflict. Some people just dislike that. So if, if that's you this morning, then we're going to have to preach a little while longer. Come back next Sunday, maybe it'll sink in, right? Or pray about it this week. But for a lot of folks, you're right where I am. You know what your problems are. You know what's broken. You know what needs to be fixed. The question today is, are you ready to allow God to fix your life and to fix those situations in your life? So today, whatever that is, maybe your life needs to be fixed to be saved today. Maybe it's the joint of church, as we talk about a lot. Maybe it's just a problem that you have in life. Maybe it's to repent of something in your life. Whatever that is today, we invite you to come. We invite you to talk to God and do it God's way and let Him mold and shape you back to what you should be. Joe and Mark.